Welcome to the HR Ins and Outs for Small Business Podcast. My name is Matt Filer. I'm also with my co-host, Cindy Filer, and we're with the team of Innovated Outsourcing, trying to bring you uh, the latest HR trends and hiring trends uh, in the small business world. And today we're going to be discussing what is the most important HR exercise to start this year. We know it's the start of the year and we believe that it's a really important time to put in those efforts and and to do some exercises that are going to help your small business grow. So um, I'm going to pass it over to my co-host, Cindy Filer, also my mother, and just ask what is the most important HR exercise that we can do to start this year? Yeah, so we get asked this question a lot. You know, if a lot of times people focus really on the compliance side of HR. We believe HR is in three categories. One is compliance, one is day-to-day HR, and one is HR strategy. So compliance is basically the stay-out-of-jail side of HR. That's your I-9s and all of your... Um, the classification of your employees, those kind of things. Your day-to-day HR, that's your employee reviews, that's making sure you have job descriptions, keeping them um, happy, what are, how their managers are doing, those kind of things. And then you have strategic HR. You know, we're growing, we're downsizing, we um, have to add a new division. And how do we handle that from the people side? So again, HR is those three components. Um, but a lot of times people are focusing just on that that compliance component. So if I had one thing that you could do this year that I think that would catapult your HR from where it is now to where it could be, um, I would say that um, I use a thing called the three lists. And so if you um, would have three sheets of yellow paper, and you can do this electronically or actually paper, um, each one of your employees should be on just one of those three lists. And I'm going to describe each one of those. So list number one. Now, this is the list that the person would be on if when they came in and gave you a resignation letter, you quietly thanked them, you um, said thank you for the resignation letter. When they left your office, you closed the door and you cried and you sobbed and you called your spouse and said, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to keep the Lots of tissues needed. Lots of tissues because, oh my gosh, these are the people that they are the rock stars of your company. They're the ones that you're... Um, When you think about the vision and the purpose of your company and the culture of your company, you think about this person. They may be the people, the person that is the janitor at the company or maybe the COO or the best salesperson or the EA, but so it doesn't really matter the job title, but what it matters is that they embody what you believe are the vision and the underpinnings of your company as well as they do a great job. And so you would be devastated. If they hand it to you. And I think that's the common mistake with this first list that we talk about. Because we mentioned, you know, anytime that you go in and you talk to an organization or a CEO group or anything like that, you mention this first group or this first list, everyone thinks it's your top sales guys. It's the, you know, who brings the most revenue into your company. But and it could be. And it could definitely be. But I think for the most part, it's, you know, a lot of the times we're having people come up to us afterward and say, this is actually my receptionist. Like they embody what our company is. Like yeah. she, you know, she or like he really like when people walk in, they make the place feel comfortable. They make it feel like, a, you know, our culture and our environment are where they need to be. So it doesn't have to be your top perfor- performers. It can be also your top performers with culture or admin or someone that you just can't stand to lose. So yeah, I think that's You know, that's list number one. Those are the people that you would just be so sad if you didn't keep them because they are they are who you need in your company. And then you have list three. So very different than list one. <laughs> These are the people that if somebody came into your office and they gave you the resignation letter 
and you um, and you quietly accepted the resignation letter, you thanked them for the letter, and you shut the door. And then as soon as you shut the door, you are jumping up and down. You're thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't have to pay unemployment. Pop the champagne yeah. rather than the tissue. Call the spouse and say, we're going out to dinner tonight, and we're <laughs> celebrating because that person has been one of our poorest performers, and I honestly have been wanting to let him or her go, and I haven't done it. So again, those are the people on list number three. There are poor performers. And and as far as it goes, those people should never stay on that list more than six months. Either they should be trained up and developed and put on a performance incentive plan to go from list three to list two, which we'll talk about in a minute, or they should be exited from the company if they don't um, train up to get into list two, because we should never leave poor performers in that organization. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah. And then do you want to talk about kind of the the in-between list or the second yeah. list? Yeah. So list number two, that's kind of everybody in between. So again, we have our top performers on list one. We have our bottom performers on list three. And then about 85% of our people are going to be on list two. Now, these the, this is the kind of the breadth of our company. These are the, This is where most people are. We pay them. They earn what they make. Um, they're good performers. They may not be our stars, but they're kind of they're kind of who our company is made up of. So 85% of our people should land in list two. And then we do all kinds of things for list two to make sure they are retained. You know, we'll talk about that in a different podcast, but we want to make sure that they are happy, that they're paid well, that they stay on board, that we don't have a lot of attrition. We just want to, you know, make sure that they are really, 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 really happy. Um, But we've put most of our focus on list number one. Yeah, and I think list number... To, I mean, that's you always say it's a bell curve, right? So, you know, it, most of your people are going to be on that list too. And yep. and that's where they should be. You know, right. not everyone can be high performers and not everyone should, hopefully is going to be that that bottom performer They're as well. So, yeah, that would be, you know, be real bad. We'd be in, we'd be in some trouble. <laughs> yeah. Probably not great organizations. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, probably be calling us real quick to see if we could replace it. So let's talk about uh, what we should do for list number three, the people that we don't, you know, we, you already talked about the six months yeah. and how we don't want to keep people past that six months. Talk us through kind of what your usual plan is for the people that are on list three. Yeah. And list number three, we want to make sure if they're not doing anything egregious, obviously, if they're doing something like they're harassing other people and those kind of things, we have to exit them from the company right away. But if it's not like they're doing anything egregious, we just don't feel like they're good performers, they have a bad attitude, then we need to identify ways that we can train them up. We need to put them with another performer that's a good performer. We need to make sure their manager has all the skills and technology he needs to make sure that they can get additional training or additional you know, personality training or EQ training, whatever they lack, in order to go from that list three to that you know, list two, which is where the bulwark of our group is. Um, so again, we should be training them up. However, if again, like I said, if that doesn't work, then you do need to exit them from the company because one of the biggest deal killers on employee engagement is if they look around and they see that those people that are on list three have been there for two years or 10 years and shame on us as leaders for leaving them there because that is a killer on employee engagement for our high level people. And I think you can always see that the low performers, you know, you can always see, you know, there's that 85% that's in the middle, right? That it's on that list too. And they know who are the low performers in the, in the company, right? But if you're, per, if you're keeping on people that are low performers, that sets a terrible, 
stage for, you know, especially if they have bad attitudes. Yeah. If they have bad attitudes. Because don't we all have those people sometimes that are our best salespeople or they're our best accountant or their best something, but they have a terrible attitude and they're kind of caustic. Yeah. And that could cost you, you know, even if they are your best accountant and they've saved you a lot of money, you know, they've done a really good job. Like, they could be costing you on your bottom line because people are leaving based on those people. Based on those people, yeah. Because if they see, well, I can have a crappy attitude and I can, you know, keep my job just because I'm a good performer. I mean, that just speaks volumes about the leadership of the company. And you always say, like you, you already did. Shame on us. If, Shame on us. If we, if we keep that going. And then let's talk about uh, list number one, right? So. These are our Ooh, high, my favorite. Yeah, our high performers. We love these people. They can be the receptionist. They could be your lead salesperson. They could be your bookkeeper that you hired six months ago that's outperforming what you ever thought was possible. You know, what should we be doing to make sure we never leave those, you know, uh, have those people leave our organizations? Yeah, I like to say we should have individual retention plans on those people. Very similar to what we would do with our clients that maybe were our top two to three clients. You know, let's say we had a client that had 15% of our business. We sure are going to do an individual retention plan for that client to make sure we keep that revenue in the company. Similarly, we need to make sure that for those people that are on list one, that we're keeping um, an individual retention plan on them. What that means is that you basically are trying to figure out what makes them tick. You need to be students of your people, and you need to make sure that your managers, if you have managers underneath you, are absolutely involved in how to keep those people involved in the company. So we need to make sure they're engaged. So maybe you have Sue, who's the greatest performer ever, but she's a stay-at-home mom, and she needs to make sure she gets out of there at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You make it happen so that she does, right? And so she's not working late every night. You know, maybe it's a guy named Bill, and Bill, you know, he's a He's a young guy. He has plenty of time on his hands. He wants to make extra money. So, you know, are we giving him ways that he can move up in the company because he wants a new job, you know, every two to three years and he's capable of working enough to really build that up. So again, um, we need to be students of our people and we need to be making sure they're happy. What I don't want to have happen is that we don't pay any attention to this and somebody gives us that resignation letter. And when I ask them the question, what did you do to solve this at the beginning? Like, what have you been working on to keep them? What has been their individual retention plan? What I hate to hear is that CEO say, I didn't even think I needed to do that. I would have paid her an extra 20%. I would have, you know, made sure that she got out of there at five o'clock at night, but I didn't even think about it. And now she's gone. And so that's what we don't want to have happen. Because let's say you put in these great individual um, retention strategies and they still give you... Um, a resignation letter. Well, at least then you can sit and say, I did everything I possibly could have done to keep her here, and it just didn't work. But if you don't do those things, then again, shame on us, because we're not really doing the things that we need to do to make sure that they're engaged. Yeah, and I think, you know, and even if it does sound elementary, right, to put three lists in front of you and, and list the people in your company, we do think that this is a incredible exercise and a very important HR exercise to, to start the year, right? Because oh. then you can know like, hey, I need to put individual retention plans for these five people who I love. I need to really improve these five. And then I need to, you know, have the rest of the 30 or 25, 30, you know, whatever's in your organization. They can stay where they are, but we I need to pay attention to them well as well with what you need. But so the two things that we always tell people to walk away with is uh, be students of your people and don't ever be able to look back and say, I could have done more. 
You know, I could have yeah. done more to either let that person go or I could have done more to, to retain that person. And I think that's a, that's a huge deal when it comes to small businesses because the, you know, your bottom line is affected by people staying. Absolutely. And, you know, it's very important for us to make sure that we're spending time as leaders on this proactive stuff, right? Because if you spend time proactively determining how to keep these people on this individual retention plan, you're not going to have to call us and hire somebody new. And that's going to save you a bunch of money. So I think some people ask us, like, why on earth are we uh, saying these things when we actually get money from rehiring people? Which is a great question. Which is a good question. But I'm an HR person first and a recruiting person second. And I really believe that I want to create and and help maintain great organizations with our clients where people want to stay. And so when you when you call me and you say, oh, my gosh, I lost my favorite person. I'm devastated. I'm devastated for you. Granted, I'm going to help you and I'm going to charge you for it. But we really want you to proactively look at some of these things because if you just, what I've always said is if you just spend, um, you know, somewhere around an hour a week, you know, four hours a month on your people strategies from a proactive standpoint, you are going to spend a lot less time than if you didn't do that. And then we had to be reactive about all the things that we have to clean up. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you could like, subscribe, listen to the other two that we have out now, um, podcasts, and uh, we we love doing these. And so we look forward to doing more. And if you have any questions, uh, we'd be happy to answer those. We do 30-minute free HR consultations. Uh, We also do an HR audit uh, and we do HR consulting uh, for long-term as well. So we'd love to help out in whatever way possible, but we really appreciate you listening and we uh, hope to see you next time. All right, bye.